<laughs> well, I mean, this is the most exciting esoteric adventure of the series yet because here I am lying down on Scott Riley's sofa. This is where I dreamed of being whenever this series started. <laughs> I was like, dude, how can I work up to this place? And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. So relaxing. Dreams come true. Got Hawaii on the video screen. Yeah. Fisherman's hat in Waimanalo. We've got a 1972 American penny in a bottle of tulips. Yeah. 72? Uh, something or, like that. I'm yeah, not sure. We'll, that's we'll incredible, man. We'll fact check this. Yeah. Your, house, your house smells good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not usually something that I like. I'm not a great, I don't have a great nose on me. Don't have a great sense of taste on me. Uh-huh. But I'm like, dude, this is a good vibe. I think that's really underappreciated. Like the subtle smell of like a place or even a person. And let's just let's just call it what it is, especially in traditional masculine train of thought. Because if you think of Yankee candles, it's a very specific type of person and it's usually a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas like I love do you know Michael Morris, the bearded candle maker, dude? Yeah, he came on to one of my workshops like years dude, and years ago. He is so awesome. And he changed the game for me because he creates scents that I actually love. So like Tony, have you ever been to like uh like an old Irish pub and they're like burning turf? And there's that really distinct smell. Yes, he sells yeah. that in candle form. That's amazing. I'm like, yes, brother. <laughs> but you guys, what's the name of the turp here that they burn? Like the kind of peat? The peat. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. right. Yes, that's a nice smell. Yeah. But that's what I always envisioned, like, when I came to Ireland the first time and yeah. stayed at a pub. <laughs> is that the smells, right? That's what, like, yeah. strikes the memories. You never forget when you hear, you smell something and then the memories flood in. You, That's such a beautiful thing you said. You said you envisioned the smell. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Synesthesia. Yeah. Hmm. But, like, the first time you came to Ireland, it was, like, how many hours were you on the island? Yeah, just, uh, I think, 24 hours. So I, yeah. I flew over just to have a pint of Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the longest, like, layover. Or I would say, like misdirected flight to go from san francisco to vancouver yeah. i went a long way oh my goodness <laughs> yeah. <Via Dublin. laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i like flew because i i fly standby i've been fortunate with flight benefits so uh the direct flight from san fran to vancouver was just fully booked so you're only allowed on the plane with seat available out there everybody boards and I was like, shit, I can't get on this flight, so I'm just going to go to Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like wide open from like San Fran to Newark, New York to Dublin. Yeah. And had a pint of Guinness at the factory, did the tour, went to the top, the 360 like That's panoramia, nice. like panoramic view, and then hung out at Temple Bar and stayed at a hostel and wow. hopped on a plane back <laughs> yeah. and then went Newark to Vancouver class can you help me out with something i feel like americans in their blood have a intricate understanding of how airlines work because you know i hear people talk about all the time about like points and standby and flight benefits and i'm just like mate i have no idea what these guys are talking about because my experience of flying is like taking a 20 pound ryanair flight right so what do you mean by flight benefit what's that so essentially, uh, every employee of the airlines has, um, they would have a designation where you can like have uh, your spouse fly unlimited Dude. on your anywhere in the world that that airline flies Dude. to, right? So I grew up with uh, family members in two different airlines. 
Whoa. And so my auntie, she flew for TWA. It's like one of the classic airlines. Uh, catch me if you can kind of thing, Pan Am. And uh, so she she took me on my first like like conscious plane ride that I remember. And uh, we went to Disney World. They lived in Florida. Wow. So she had passes. So not only do they have a family member at that time it was like usually a spouse that you can only like bring on your pass or your flight benefit and then they had like extra passes and you're allotted a certain amount every year so you wanted to use them like whether it's friends or family uh every year before they expired so um so yeah to answer your question like over the years they've opened it up where it didn't have to be a spouse it could be like like a you know because of like uh you know people that had same sex marriage or whatever sure, like yeah. and then they finally opened up to a friend so <laughs> I, like i literally had flight benefits at one point from two different airlines and that was when twa got bought out by american so i had american airlines and then i had continental and then continental merged with united Whoa. to become the biggest airline in the world so i didn't need like american anymore because <laughs> united flew everywhere american did and more so it's just like so that's the thing like if you're fortunate to know a family member a friend and so a lot of people would um you know some people actually like look for like airline employees and try to like bribe them yeah. whoa right and and the employees if that if that's ever found they could totally get fired for that yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but some airline employees will like put that on the internet and then you could like pay you know five to ten grand a year for th- that privilege wow. Dude. but people that Capitalism. pay that much are saving <laughs> they're getting their money's worth yeah 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 like, yeah you literally like I could fly anywhere and and not only that like you can fly on partner airlines for discounts as mm. well so wherever that airline doesn't go you can just go on a partner airline to a destination so dude airline employers are going to or employees are going to start putting this stuff on their tinder profile <laughs> yeah. like, i'm a serious catch you don't understand <laughs> yeah. you want 24 hours in dublin baby <laughs> yeah i got you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. crazy so we're here number one uh to lie on Scott's sofa and have a good time. Number two, <laughs> put uh, that on your Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. We're also here because Scott, you're introducing me and subsequently introducing you know uh, the person listening mm-hmm. to this incredible dude called Tony. Yeah. So. Take us from here, man. Who is Tony? We're not even going to ask Tony. We're going to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) I think Tony would probably do a better job of uh, explaining that himself. But uh, I feel like a good introduction is at least from where we met. And initially, it was through the Wim Hof method. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So actually, we were talking about this yesterday on uh, the phone. Uh, Just how amazing the Wim Hof method has been if for no other reason than the amount of like amazing connections that we've made like me and Tony and then several good friends of ours Nima and Casper but also you know like the many different friendships and connections that have spawned yeah that community yeah 
and uh, we initially connected through a mutual friend, David Gilmore, and he was somebody who I went to school with here, but was also part of the London Real community. So another really big podcast, London Real. Dude, the podcast Mafia, legit. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, David was connected to Tony through that. And maybe that's a good like jumping in point because I feel like was there not something connected to you coming over to Ireland or was it a different trip? You coming over to London for a very short time also on your flight benefits associated with London. <laughs> he, came, he came for a shot of gin in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But wasn't there something like you came into London for a very short time connected to the Wim Hof Method and um, London Real Academy? Yeah. So London Real Academy, uh, Brian Rose, he had asked me to... Uh, come out because I already had met him at his uh, usually once a month he had a meetup and so generally I mean I think I was like the very first person that had traveled from Hawaii or just that far to go to a meetup on a Thursday night <laughs> so I was a huge fan of that podcast I found out about uh, them through uh, Joe Rogan because I was like who's this other real because I'm already like been flow real for quite a bit. And uh, so just got into the academy, wanted to learn about like their camera and their podcast stuff. And, and uh, yeah. And during that time after I met Brian Rose, I, I just got like dove head first, the Wim Hof method, partly because of the depression that I had suffered for most of my life. And I remember, you know, surfing in, San Francisco, California, and every time in that cold water, I'd, I'd leave, and I just felt amazing. I would just have this, like, blissful feeling, mm. pretty high, you know, it's kind of like that feeling of when you're smoking weed and you have the munchies, mm-hmm. you know, it's like everything's just, like, turned up on the volume, and and uh, food tastes amazing, so... The Wim Hof method was incredible. And then uh, over a period of time, I was trying to prove Wim wrong. <laughs> right? So I literally documented every single day I did his, I think it was seven-week course, right? The original was 10. Yeah, 10, 10, 10 weeks. weeks. So um, so I would put up on social media like each day that I did the method. And it started catching like people's attention. And, of course, Brian Rose was... Uh, paying attention and then literally within court the end of that course i end up in wim's house through like a friend that found out that well i met him through the community and he turned out to be wim hoff's film director (laughs) and he's like holy shit you live in hawaii and i'm like yeah and he's like would you do a film premiere and be our ambassador for hawaii and i was like what i have to do and he's like just do a red carpet and do like a, you know, premiere at in Hawaii. And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, Oh, we're having a big, like a uh, fundraising gala, uh, coming up like next weekend, you know, not hundred percent sure, but you know, you're invited as an ambassador. And I was like, sure, I'll be there. And he's like, well, don't get your ticket yet. And he didn't know I had flight benefits. <laughs> Dude, this is a really useful superpower. Yeah. This is cool. I've been I like, like really blessed that way, you know? And uh, 
so he messaged me back it's like unfortunately like you know it fell apart we're gonna push it you know a couple of months ahead and I said don't worry man I'll see you tomorrow and he's like what I'm like yeah I'll, I'll be there tomorrow and he's like seriously and I'm like yeah and then he picked me up the next morning he's like what the fuck dude and uh and so I'm still doing the Wim Hof method. I think I had like maybe four days left of the program. And at that point, Wim had actually replied to one of my Twitter uh, things where I said, you know, I never thought in my life it would say that showering cold water would feel more natural than like warm water or, or mm. you know, and Wim wrote back like right on the spot. And I was like, holy shit, Wim wrote back to me. Mm -hmm. And then when I hung out with the director, Manelli, he uh, he was like, oh, by the way, uh, I spoke to Wim and he inviting you to come stay with him. Awesome. And I'm like, holy shit. So I'm like doing the program at his house. And <laughs> and then literally like Wim's like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to go out tomorrow morning. Tony, we're going to do the breath work and, uh, you know, we'll go in the, in the pool. And I was like, cool, cool. And so the next morning, like everybody's like kind of getting up real slow. And Wim's like cleaning the house because he had like a film crew come in. And like nothing's happening. I'm like, dude, I'm not waiting for these guys, including Wim. I'm just going to do this breathe, breath work, go out in the pool. So after I do all that and take a picture of it, Wim comes running out of the house. Tony, Tony, man, can I take a photo with you, bro? And I'm like, you want to take a photo with me? <laughs> and uh, and Manelli comes out and take a picture together. And, and like little Zena comes out, the dog. And I'm like, dude, this is so surreal. I can't believe this is happening, right? So that was really cool. And then uh, I think David Gilmore basically reached out to Scott because I was working with my uh, professional athlete for uh, American football in San Diego and uh, MMA fighter as well for the UFC. And uh, David Gilmore is like, hey, this guy Tony's doing cryotherapy, done the Wim Hof method, met Wim, you should like get a hold of him. Yeah, and I remember at that time, it was I was probably, I feel like it was shortly after you completed the course and I was about, I don't know, like week six or seven of the 10-week course and... I remember thinking, yeah, cool, I'll reach out to this guy. and Because bearing in mind, like, this was, I'm not even sure what year. This would have been 2016, 2015. Um, why I mention that is really, like, the Wim Hof method wasn't, like, a super popular thing that it is now. That you go down the street, most people know who Wim Hof is. He's going to have a primetime BBC TV show coming very soon. And a movie, right? Hollywood yeah, movie. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I didn't know either of that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Ralph Fiennes playing Wim. It's a like big thing. Wim's yeah. about to go mainstream here. I oh, love yeah. That. Yeah. So, but this, like, you know, to the point was a time where, like, the Wim Hof method was just really, like, starting to get onto podcasts and, like, only just picking up. So, the amount of people who knew of the Wim Hof method were few and far between so it was like a super exclusive masonic cult at that stage <laughs> yes. yes so whenever i like right. i was a week into doing the wim hof online course i'd like decided like, i'm gonna do this for like a week and then see and then whenever i got a week into it i was like this is cool i like posted about it just on like my 
personal Facebook page and was like, I'm doing this thing. I want some public accountability. I'm going to like check back in. And that's when David Gilmore was like, oh, I know some other guy who's doing this weird thing as well. Like it was odd enough that the one other person that he knew of doing the Wim Hof thing, Mm -hmm. he like connected us. But we've talked about this before. And I like, it's a thing that's run through my head. Like as I'm listening to you guys speak, so often the value of the thing that you do isn't necessarily in the thing itself, although it's often valuable, but like nine times out of 10, it's the cohort that you do it with. Do you know what I mean? It's like you're a hobbit leaving the shire and you go off on a journey to like save the world and throw the ring back into a volcano in Mordor. And that's valuable. Like it's good to save the world, but like... (laughs) <laughs> the, the regrettable thing are like, it's like the fellowship that you build along the way mm-hmm. and like whether it's going to like an ivy league college that you spend 200 grand to go to or it's a wim hof method or it's going to dash and splash or it's hiking up the Mourn mountains or it's sitting in a sauna in your local community center being in unusual places or sorry being in uncommon places mm-hmm. will help you meet uncommon people and the uncommoners are the best people to have in your fellowship because you need a cranky little dwarf called Gimli in your <laughs> yeah. squad just mm-hmm. as you need the awesome like jock Aragon. Do you know what I mean? And it's that diversity of uncommon people that sets you up to have this incredible community around you. And the Wim Hof Method definitely fulfills that, like the amount of diverse and extraordinary people that come to it. Like even like hosting workshops over the last getting on towards five years i suppose but like you'll get the professional rugby player coming in but equally you'll get the like pensioner yogi and (laughs) like maybe also the guy who's like really unwell but like determined to do anything to get his health back Mm. all these like amazing people but very very diverse Mm -hmm. and all with this like same common thread that I feel like they're just people who are determined to grow and people who are determined to like improve their life circumstances, but take a step that most other people won't. And like this really links back into probably one of the biggest experiences in my own life, going out to Peru and the whole plant medicine thing. The thing there is exactly what you're talking about. Apart from the plant medicine treatments, apart from going to Peru and all the rest of it, it's just the other people that I was there with. And I recognized something in those people. They were the sort of people who would go the extra mile to improve their life circumstances or their health in a way that most people wouldn't. And they were all really supportive of one another. And it was really whenever I like found the Wim Hof method, it was like the first time since that that I was like, oh, it's like the people from Peru, like these people are willing to go the extra mile. They'll get up to do the breath work in the morning and like get into a cold shower where most people won't. And they're all so supportive of one another. And whenever I reached out to Tony and was like, hey, I'm doing the course and even like whatever the question was I asked you at the time, it wasn't like something really complex, but Tony took the time to like get back in touch and to fast forward a tiny bit. That was only a matter of like weeks later, whenever I was flying out to America to work with my brother that I noticed Tony had posted something on social media about like cryotherapy, San Diego cryotherapy center. And I was like, Oh, it's like Tony used doing the Wim Hof stuff, doing Wim Hof shit in the place <laughs> that I'm going. <laughs> so I, I, I reached out again and was like, Hey, I'm going to be in town, you know, do you want to grab lunch? And 
No, Tony lives here. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, lived here and married yeah. through a, a woman that went to Dash and Splash. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. how you guys met? No way. Yes, sir. You met your wife at Dash and Splash? Yes, sir. Scott. How weird and complex a story. What a fantastic <laughs> advertisement for Dash and Splash. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Causeway loving dating agency. <laughs> Causeway loving. <laughs> Small splashing for lifelong commitments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's such like a weird and complex thing. And, you know, this is kind of what we were talking about, me and Tony, on the phone yesterday. Like all these things that have spawned off like Wim Hof's, you know, willingness to like, go out there in the world and be some weird shining light to uncommon people. And the people have come together since and like there's marriages and, you know, people moving around the world and you just can't underestimate the impact it has when one person is willing to step into their authenticity and be their weird self. And mm. yeah. Whereas if you look at Wim, like Wim's a weird guy. He's the weirdest guy. And like, like, but what like Wim has done in his weirdness is he's blazed a path for other people to walk down. Mm-hmm. and like i feel like even on like the microcosm level because i would say like most of the people listening to this episode are the uncommon link in their family chain mm-hmm. or their community chain or in their school or at their work like the this podcast in itself is like a natural filter the same way the sauna or the sea is you know it's a certain kind of person that listens to a podcast and it's another certain type of person that listens to a podcast like this mm-hmm. on an episode like this. And so like just to encourage you wherever you are, like doing the dishes, walking the dog on the bus stop, like you stepping out in that what is perceived as weirdness is unbelievably important because it blazes a trail for others and gives them permission to do the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so beautiful. Absolutely. And it helps so many people like feel like they're not alone, right? What was that? Uh, find the others, right? That's like a big thing. Yeah, Timothy Leary quote, uh, find the others. I feel like this is absolutely worth um, like talking out on the, the podcast. Um, Tim- Interesting. So Seth Godin, he must be quoting him. One of, one of Seth's big things is like, okay, you go through the whole Seth Godin experience and you do the matrix and you do like all the stuff that he describes. And the last thing he tells you to do is like, okay, now you've done this change. Now you've done this thing. Your job is to now go out and find the others. Find the others, the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And like with Best of Belfast, that is like, it's something I keep coming back to. It's like, all you have to do is find the others. Yeah. You know, and the people I interview are the others and the people that listen are the others. Mm. But the people who believe in Northern Ireland that they that it has a better story to tell. Mm. You know, those are my others. But whatever you're doing, like Dash and Splash, yeah. it's a it's a community of others coming mm. together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Timothy Leary put it really, really well. Uh, I'll read this out. It's, it's not a long quote, but uh, like I know, having read this at an earlier stage in my own journey, it was like. It just touched me in a way that like this, the truth of this, yeah, it was really special. Admit it, you aren't like them. You're not even close. You may occasionally dress yourself up as one of them, watch the same mindless TV shows that they do, maybe even eat the same fast food sometimes. But it seems like the more you try to fit in, the more you feel like an outsider. 
watching the normal people as they go about their automatic existences. For every time you say club passwords like, have a nice day and weather's awful today, huh? You yearn to say something forbidden like, tell me something that makes you cry or what do you think deja vu is for? Face it, you even want to talk to that girl in the elevator. But what if that girl in the elevator and the balding man who walks past your cubicle at lunchtime are thinking the same thing? Who knows what you might learn from taking a chance on a conversation with a stranger? Everyone carries a piece of the puzzle. Nobody comes into your life by mere coincidence. Trust your instincts. Do the unexpected. Find the others. I found you guys. <laughs> we found each other. We found each other. <laughs> yeah. But this is kind of what we were talking about, Tony. Like, when we, we got out of the car. Like, I made a joke. I was like, I'm guaranteed to get on with you. Because there's a series of brothers in my life who I love more than anything who are best friends with you do you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like terry from hardy growers yeah like baruch from hahi organics like scott riley like and the list goes on and on and on i'm like i trust these guys implicitly or explicitly i actually don't know what the right one is there i trust them either implicitly or explicitly <laughs> depending on the circumstances because i know that you are another mm-hmm. that's powerful yeah, it was like an instant knowing recognition through the others, right? Yeah, it's you hear so much about each other, right? And yeah, I feel like I know you. I, I've listened to the podcast with you guys, sure. Too, and and uh, just again, it's like it's cool to be on it with you guys, but to listen, it's like, oh yeah, these are my my brothers. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. you already know Scottish, you know, but uh, you know to meet you, Matthew, like it's cool, man. Yeah. It's like wow. And I, people have said that to me too when they had heard my podcast they felt like they knew me or when i was already doing all my crazy adventures and then i meet them in london or meet them wherever like i literally would fly to these people and say hi yeah and of course they'd be like how the f- what yeah. the f- dude this yeah. guy's rich as hell <laughs> well, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> little did yeah. they know my little secret right sauce. secret <laughs> superpower <laughs> i fly everywhere yeah but, but huge- the, the, there's a phrase that I love and I use it all the time on our mental health podcast and it's fellow travelers. Mm. And that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about fellow travelers on the journey and on any journey you go on. I've already used my Lord of the Rings card for this episode, so, <laughs> so I, I can't use it again. You know, oh, go on. We love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, al- along the way you meet the people that you need to meet and Something that I love about what you said in terms of the podcast world is, and I'm sure the three of us could go around like alcoholics and AA and talk about times when we were boys or teenagers where we were looking for the others and we couldn't find them. Mm-hmm. And then you turn to a book or you turn to a podcast or you turn to a YouTube video and all of a sudden you find one. You know, and there's a, a great kind of idea I love called, I can't remember if it's like digital mentors or it's something way more romantic and elaborate. But the, you know, the point is like sometimes in businesses like ours, there's no one locally who can guide you on the path. Mm-hmm. But there may be kind of like five people around the world that sit in your invisible boardroom that 
can mentor you through their content, through their books, through their podcasts that can walk alongside you on that journey, even though they're not actually doing it. And that's not including like coaching and courses and all that sort of stuff, but it's nice. Really good segue there, which is somewhat similar, but a little bit more direct with like more interaction in like how Causeway Living even came to be a thing. And shortly after meeting Tony in uh, Carlsbad, I want to say, near San Diego. Oh, yeah, La Costa. Yeah. We had that La Costa, uh, La Costa Trois <laughs> yeah. joke, but yeah. The, so, yeah, Causeway Living. Yes, we met, uh, we met there and shortly after, like you were in the process of setting up an online community of others, essentially, um, a group called Tribe Shift. And I remember you saying to me at the time, like, oh, I'm setting up this like online community. I like didn't really understand or know what it was like. Yeah, well, it sounds cool. Like, you know, I just get to meet more people like Tony and like Tony's friends. Essentially, that's what, like what I understood it to be. Tony's friends is also a great name for a club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the insiders. <laughs> yeah. And uh, really, it was like the invitation into that group and meeting those like digital mentors because it's people all around the world, you know, that um, like one of the friends that mentioned before, like Casper over in the Netherlands and uh, people, like I said, internationally who were all doing awesome things in the kind of line that I wanted to step into. People who were already like Wim Hof Method instructors or people who were doing various awesome things to help other people i had a really strong intention to do something like that but i didn't have really a clear direction or any mentors or any help or support and i feel like perhaps selfishly like i wrung the most value out of that group (laughs) by like just stepping up to it in like the most like open vulnerable way and like here's what i want to do you people are doing this already like please support me in this and got so much good support and advice and help and whenever i was like even putting together like logos and website like you know sending screenshots into the group and getting really good feedback like oh if you make the logo a bit bigger like that's good and the headline this and that and um, ultimately it was through that group that helped me like plant the seed of causeway living and which is again like what a trip that i meet tony tony sets up this group it helps me create causeway living which is where dash and splash comes from and then tony (laughs) comes here and meets his wife at dash and splash what a trip (laughs) magic yes yes you're like literally like our star student (laughs) you have the poster boy the poster boy yeah for tribe shit Definitely. Yeah, and you're the poster boy for Dash and Splash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? So we, we are. We've had like amazing <laughs> like pictures of us on the beach. Yeah, you know, doing the Wim Hof stuff together, and yeah, it's cool. So it's funny that uh, you know from that, and then it wasn't really actually all that long afterwards. I came back out to America to do like a speaking event with Tony and some of the Tribe Shift guys. Again, not long after that, then I think you came over here to do one of the, like, well, just to spend a bit of time, but also like come and take part in one of the workshops in the Mourns, Mourn Mountains. And we're back and forward 
enough that uh yeah one of the dash and splashes obviously met a very special person <laughs> yeah judith yeah hello judith <laughs> she can says ask, hello can ask you a question scott is this the same judith that gave me peppermint tea that one time at dash and splash I'm almost certainly yes, just from you saying that. I would yeah, have yeah, so I, ha- I have met That's your That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yes, she was the peppermint tea, like, you know, poor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was my first Dash and Splash. I think it was the day after I first met Scott. And this is, this is funny. The first time I heard Scott's voice was on your podcast. I was working for Deliveroo and I was uh, listening to your episode with scott as like market research for me to interview him wow yeah holy shit <laughs> dude i'm just speechless oh Am another I li- weird oh, yeah. thing though like that podcast was recorded we were sitting in the exact, exact same seats. seats yes i was sitting here tony was sitting there what <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm like having a, a time trip where i'm like observing this first podcast happening only i've inserted myself into onto this mm-hmm. this sofa with an extra microphone yeah picture of it somewhere extra <laughs> microphone the, the, end same, with, like, Matt the, the same tech the same you microphone. Used to zoom? Yes. Oh, that's brother. what I'm saying. Like I had the same equipment. I love right? this. Like, this is- People are going to think that we are like high out of our minds listening to this. <laughs> We're having like one of those dudes. Bro. Bro, uh, I'm literally connected. like listening to you guys like young, young wisdom. Like, wow, man, how is that possible? It's like learning so much. Uh, it's been such a, an incredible, weird, interlocked series of events that like i suppose have brought us to this moment in this conversation and yeah, yeah i knew it was coming <laughs> yeah sure, it was only yeah time. right yeah and actually to, like i'm just gonna call an audible here like as i'm lying here i'm like tony like come to the studio like sometime over the next month and let's do a full interview with you and your life story because oh, that's not what this has turned into mm-hmm. so i say that to give us full permission to lean into what this has become yeah, oh, yeah and i'm definitely. just gonna do a hard pivot and i'm gonna ask you guys like why so we know the value in hanging out with the others you feel it right now like you it's like one of those little tomato plants at baruch's farm that's just getting like a little bit of plant food like mm-hmm. it is food for your soul you feel yourself being restored you feel yourself being energized okay why do we not hang out every single week and i don't mean us specifically but i mean like all of us in our communities why do we get in that place where we're like oh do you know what i'm too tired I can't be bothered. I'm just going to sit at home and watch TV. Why do we get stuck in that place instead of going out and connecting with the others that are actually going to fill us up? Mm. What's happening there in the human condition that causes that? Yes, great question. I think uh, if I think about, for me, I think it's some kind of self-sabotage or like worth a value uh maybe you're just so tired and like caught up in that grind you know even though you know like we all know like how this feels how great it is and we should bathe in it like and and that's been like my life journey is why i'm pretty like a non-conformist you know i battled that my whole life whether it was like going to school as a kid getting up in the morning at a certain time when I wasn't done sleeping. And, uh, <laughs> right? Like, gee, Love that, man, dude. that's like 
that's pretty much what's going on with everybody every day. Just getting up when they're not done sleeping and having to like do this thing that we've been told that we have to do and programmed. And I get why people are pretty much unconscious that way, you know? And then every so often you'll have that like glimpse of what I call it flow where you're just like, wow, everything's just timeless. You feel like your soul and you're expressing it and you're just connected with all the people that you like just having a blast with in like amazing places and uh but that, i think that's what people do on the weekends right yeah <laughs> that's that's our coping mechanism and it's just looping and looping and that is that uh groundhog day thing you know so it's it's easy to get uh hypnotized spellbound by that so to answer your question i just it becomes a habit man you you just it becomes so ingrained with you to just settle mm. But, you know, I think the theme that brought us here and enabled us to do what we do is that we had the courage to face what was uncomfortable and then just having the wisdom to continue to do that consistently. And then it becomes, I guess, your norm, your new normal where you're like Mm. doing this more than the other stuff, right? And then you're inspiring people that maybe had known you before you broke through and mm-hmm. and then that inspires them to join and become part of the Masonic cult and you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean it's it's infectious. That's the kind of virus I like to hang out with. <laughs> and um <clears throat> it's a process, man. I think everybody just has to go through and when the timing's right and you're like tomato plants getting those nutrients and you don't need to be plucked like just natural law like enables you to fall from the vine and splatter everywhere in somebody's mouth you know (laughs) (laughs) i feel like also the that's uh also kind of similar to some of the things we spoke a little bit about earlier like society as it is is this is at the farm by the way this is a sneak behind the scenes we're doing two podcasts in one day don't tell anybody (laughs) 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 a little bit of this idea that the way modern society is set up is like there's a system that requires workers to like propagate the system and what we're doing here now isn't quote unquote productive or really supporting the system (laughs) and like without going like full-on like conspiracy theory because i you know do it scott (laughs) do it (laughs) the lizards are controlling us (laughs) i knew eventually best about us would would descend into this it's only a matter of time before the lizard people come for you (laughs) but just like uh the natural evolution of like society as it is for all its pros and cons like requires like workers and you know like this isn't productive towards supporting that system as it was and again like to touch on some of the stuff that we're talking about earlier that doesn't necessarily mean like deconstruct the entire system postmodernism yeah uh it's like okay let's respect and honor where we're at in this moment and what are the little things that we can do to subtly like guide this to where there is more 
like downtime and like socializing and you know even looking probably towards hunter gatherer people again another callback to what we were talking about earlier even looking at tribes that live um indigenously in the amazon now like most of their time's just chilling out you know they just hang out a lot <laughs> yeah i think you know a, a lot of studies would suggest that hunter gatherers would work around four hours a day mm-hmm. you know usually in the first bit of the day and as as both of you were speaking so i've got two reactions okay my reaction to what you were saying scott is i was like just almost lying back here like having a vision of like dude imagine if all we did was like we worked from eight until two on baruch's farm every day <laughs> and we had lunch together and then we all just like went and swam in the sea and like went to the sauna and like oh my you know my family's there like all the kids are there playing with each other and i was like oh you mean how hunter gatherers lived <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. i was like i was like dude that, that that's just that's like, you know a crazy pipe dream fantasy and i was like but that is how people you know what they did that was what life was Mm -hmm. like the professor that i work with he described hunter-gatherer life as a lifelong camping trip with your friends and family Mm -hmm. he's like that's what life was and okay now again i love like destroying the rose-tinted glasses it also was a lifelong camping trip where like you would lose kids and childbirth and like wolves would come and eat your family and like you would go through famine you go so it's not easy but it was just different and the reaction I had to what you were saying, Tony, like just in my bones was like a quote came up and it's from like a digital mentor of mine, if you want to keep using that uh, analogy, called Eugene Peterson. And he's got this amazing quote and it says, long obedience in the one direction. And when you were talking about that, like choice that we have, do I stay on the sofa or do I go and hang out with Scott, for example? It's by being obedient to that small, true voice inside of yourself over and over and over and over and over and over that you build up that muscle and that over a long period of time, not over the course of two weeks or one year or 10 years, over the course of 30 years, that is what moves your life towards that direction. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just been a theme for me because I've, I've been a yo-yoer and not like diet, but just life in general, you know, just more or less. Dude, every single person under the sound of your voice right now has been a yo-yoer. Right? And, but it's this uh, feeling like you're failing because you're not like consistent you know and then you hear like the hustle porn and you hear the motivational like (laughs) and it's just like push push go 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 you know it's like if you're not productive you're useless whatever but yeah it just it's that's just you know you live long enough and you see these kind of loops and patterns and i've just been able to relax into them more Although I still face like demons here and there, just not the density that I did when I was younger. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, literally, I'm sitting here learning so much from you guys. Just even the language, the words you're using, and the power behind those words. That uh, you know, I can't wait to take 
what we're learning from this and mm. apply it in the, in the real world. And that's the way that I've seen it now. It does feel like a video game. I definitely have a psychedelic story around that that we'll probably talk about <laughs> in the podcast in a couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, it, it's like, wow, we, we literally are these little characters in a Sims game. Mm. And, you know, we could either be like controlled by our unconscious or, or consciously like embody that character mm-hmm. and be so unique in that character's expression and your soul and art and spirit and even science and uh, something that people have never seen before. And it's just like, oh, that's that's what that is, that X factor mm-hmm. you see in people that are actually living. Yeah. And uh, again, like I, I'm doing my best and I, I I keep falling, but I just keep getting up, you know, and I'm, I'm again back to this theme of the community and the tribe and finding the others is that like we we can call upon each other to to energize and then just get back at it, you know? Mm. Follow-up question for both you guys, because this ties in right in the middle of what we've been talking about a lot, Scott. Is the yo-yo part of humanity? Or is the yo-yo something that we should try and address or try and avoid? And to flash that out just a little bit more, someone give me a a vision one time i'll just call it what it is i was gonna dress it up and i was gonna demystify i'll just I'll, i'll call it what it is um an older guy in my life and he came up to me and he says you know matthew i had like a a dream about you or a vision and it was you walking on a tightrope and you're so focused on trying to stay on the tightrope and you don't realize that you're walking on a lane the size of like the m2 Mm. he's like dude it's not a tightrope man Mm. it's like you've got like five or six lanes here to work with Mm. and you yeah back to what i say it's okay long obedience in one direction yeah yeah keep moving forward but like dude don't don't be so anal about falling off this constructed tightrope that you've made in your head and the other kind of image in my head right now around that is like, you know, have you ever tried? Well, I've never actually been sailing. Uh, how do I, how do I uh, make this more relevant? Have you ever been driving a swan at the picky park? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That's as close to yeah. sailing as I've, as I've got, okay? Yeah. If you try to sail the swan or a $10 million yacht in a straight line, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way it works is you go slightly to the left and you go slightly to the right and slightly to the left and slightly to the right. So it's not a straight line. So is the yo-yo an important part of the process? That's brilliant. I love it, man. I, I agree it is. The way it's described, it just puts ease in life, right? Because it's hydrodynamics. I know it from like surfing. I've been on a boat and trying to like in Guam, like, direct a boat out in the south pacific and my you know captain's like go that way and, and i'm like i mean i'm going that way. And he's like no you're not and it's just like i mean big waves and turbulence and uh again it's fun when you think about it right it's like like anything that's just so direct is doesn't really give you like 
stories afterwards to laugh about right mm-hmm. like so that's yeah that's my thought on it i feel like uh, personally at least anyway that the swings either side become gradually less and less over time so that maybe my shifts one way or the other and this like pendulum of like swinging into different things were more extreme uh earlier on and as time goes on some of the like momentum comes out of it and i'm like heading to a less turbulent mm-hmm. <laughs> like yo-yoing so you're getting closer to the middle path of like nice. finding more stillness this is really nice rather than like the big ups and big downs and i think the root of that is learning to be more okay with what is so like rather than being on a massive high whenever like oh i just did this like big seminar thing and like i'm top of the world like causeway living's gonna take over the planet (laughs) you feel like tony robbins for two days yeah (laughs) (laughs) or like oh man i just like couldn't sell like enough spaces in this workshop and like this is a sham and like i'm an imposter and Mm. like rather than that just when like the opportunity for the big seminar comes along and be like oh awesome that's cool and like whenever the workshop like doesn't sell as well as the other ones for whatever reason like okay that's awesome i'm just going to support the people in this as best i can and just being more okay with what is yeah it sounds like stoicism hmm. in that way yeah because that's the thing like a uh, hijack stoicism is to like suffer Mm. you know to like constantly grind and suffer and i don't think that's what they meant you know i think it's just more of being like okay with whatever is and uh enjoying that ride so it's just i think that's just once people understand that's how people the wisdom of life when you hear from people that are a little bit further ahead but like you guys, I feel like, again, young wisdom's like, wow, you guys know this at this age, you know? It's like, but I remember it being that for other people that were older for me, mm-hmm. you know? But um, yeah, just that, just to be more comfortable in your skin and like enjoying like the chaos and the storms and, mm. and sometimes it is paradise and other times it's hell. Yeah. I I just I I am enjoying it more than ever, you know. Like yeah. I, I'm like shit. I wish I had this when I was younger, but I had to go through all the craziness and hardships to get to this place where I'm more comfortable than ever with how it is, and I'm just actually really excited what's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, like what can we do as ourselves and with each other? Mm. So feel like the less okay you are with the reality of what's happening right now the more you're probably going to try and manipulate reality by doing like by doing rather than being so like if i'm really not okay with this present moment i'm going to try and do my way out of that by like right i'm going to do all the ice baths i'm going to like like blast myself by running every day and like really strict diet and go on all these extremes but at the root of it really is like not being okay with how things are in this moment and the more okay that i am it's not necessarily like a pacifist like okay well i'm just gonna like not do anything then like it just 
allows you to be or come from a place of being more than a place of doing. And if you're coming from a place of being, I feel like that's where you're guided more by intuition and acting in the moment. Because I know the argument to like being okay with whatever is someone might hypothetically say, well, you're never going to do anything then. But that's really not true. There was like a really like wise, I think it was a Hindu proverb that talked about this princess who wanted to marry the laziest person in the village. And uh, all these guys were like, right, I I really want to marry this princess. So I'm going to show her I'm going to be the laziest person out there, bro. (laughs) Let's do it. Exactly. (laughs) Laziest. Yes. So they all went to the palace and like this like party to prove they were the laziest to the princess. And like one guy had a servant like carry him there. He's like, I'm so lazy. I don't even walk. (laughs) And then the next guy was like, right, I'm going to get my servant to like move my jaw to chew the food to show (laughs) how lazy I am. Like that's how lazy I am. Like you got to pick me. I'm way lazier than that not walking guy. And uh, then the like this other guy just walks up and points out like how contrived the circumstances are of like see how hard these guys are fucking trying like making this idea of all this doing essentially to use the same language as i was talking about before they're like making their servants do this thing Mm. to act way out of the ordinary in order to win your hand in marriage i'm just walking up here being not really doing anything being lazy and like if you think about the act of being like you'll always need to like okay i'm hungry i need to go eat so i need to like do something in order to get food and now i need to go like pee because i drank water Mm -hmm. so you will just keep like progressing through life simply by being but see like how like trusting that feels all like that's i think the really really hard bit to be okay and trust that like i'm that's programmed right that's what we were talking about earlier that's why you feel like maybe guilty Mm -hmm. sometimes like yeah you feel like you're not productive like where are these like voices coming from where you Mm -hmm. hear this well, I'm not doing enough and being lazy or, you know, the opposite. You're like doing too much and you're breaking yourself down. But it's, it's just this weird like conundrum of going back and forth in the mental space. But if you could just remove that like mental space with no narrative, no story, you just are, you're going from one thing to the other. That to me is what I'm discovering that I find is peaceful mm-hmm. is that there isn't this like other voice, you know, even like a voice that says I'm like gratitude or like grateful for things or, I mean, that is powerful too, but it feels like there's the volume is turning down less and less in that internal space for me mm. and that's where i feel like less resistance and more free yeah. and more me i guess you would call it or being right like some of these words like also get in the way mm. you know but it is like closer to the truth i think you know in that that sense where if you could just turn down that voice and we know what that is like you feel like when you do an ice bath 
And it's like, oh, shit, shit, shit. Okay, could take, take control, <laughs> breathe slowly. And then, like, you hit this, like, home, homeostasis place, this place, flowmeostasis. You just feel like, ah, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, right. And I guess it is, like, a release, like, when you, you come, you know, <laughs> you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Satiated. Yeah, right? You just feel, like, full and complete and. There isn't like this other like dialogue going on within yourself. Mm -hmm. So this is cool because I actually wanted to kind of like bring this up. You said something exquisite before we got the microphones out, Tony. And you were talking about how, you know, so much of our lives, we're like doing the thing to give us that high. And that high is fleeting. And then once that high fades, as all highs do, you just come back and you're in your reality and your reality is painful. So how do you guys like navigate that in this sort of conversation? Because even thing, like even amazing things like cold water and cold water has a natural dopamine high that takes you to an incredible place for many hours afterwards so it's very, very, very different than like smoking a cigarette or, you know, doing a bit of cocaine or whatever it is. So there's, I want to throw that out there and I'm totally prepared to be challenged on all this sort of stuff because I know it's my own kind of insecurity and wrestling and my own part of the journey that I'm on. Also, I'd like to kind of throw in like, do you not think that what you were saying, Scott, is true of just being whenever we are in a natural state? And we are living in an unnatural world. So I think about this all the time, right? You wake up with depression. The first thing you want to do is not get out of bed. You don't want to do anything and you stay in your bed, right? If you're a hunter-gatherer and you're lying on the bottom of your hut, no matter how you're feeling, you will eventually get up because boredom will make you make that move. Or... You're lying in your hut, the same hut at nighttime, and you're really bored. That boredom will force you out of your bed to go and knock on Tony's tent and knock on Scott's tent. Be like, do you guys want to go do something? Like, whoa, let's go. You know, Whereas now we're in an unnatural state where you wake up with depression in your bed and you have a black box of infinity. You have a rectangle that can give you access to anything you want. And so it shortcuts the natural process that your body has to force you into that place of homeostasis or force you to take that action that you can just end up getting stuck. It's a Wednesday night. Instead of going and hanging with the boys, you just stick on the next episode. Lots of thoughts there, but I just would love to hear reactions to it. Definitely agree with you. Like It's a harder time than ever to be. And perhaps there's some value in that, like talking about the natural yo-yoing process of things over a greater span of time. Like maybe those original hunter-gatherers were like really in alignment with like being and over time in an attempt to like improve their life circumstances, they contrived what ultimately ended up being current society and removing us from our nature quite far. 
but sometimes it takes things to go really off kilter to mm. come right back to center like a hit a rock bottom point for sure before like coming back and this is where we may be in society right now you know like the world might have ended up in a place that's so like out of alignment with our nature that like people like the three of us are like this this can't be it like this isn't right yeah that it require like we've been veering down a certain tangent or pathway that has got so out of alignment that now individuals are stepping up to say like that let's change fucking tack because this keeps going this way not ending well so we end up having to have conversations like this and have to take steps like an ice bath and yeah potentially things you know maybe say before the glowing box of infinity that you have in your hand as an iphone like maybe maybe it had to get to that point where it's so seductive and so like makes that process of giving in so like yeah seductive that like addictive and addictive yeah uh, easy and accessible accessible that it's it's caused so many people to hit a point where there's not an entire rejection of that but at least this like knowing like this isn't the way like we've got to find another way we've got to like step into ourselves more we've got to revivify like society and Mm. it feels like a techno spell right so we're all under spells of some sort or another and you are an addict of certain things we're all addicted to certain things and i think for me is like running letting it run its course mm-hmm. to a point where you just it's it's all about like maturity and growing up and you can see the spell before it like hypnotizes you or mm. uh you, you have like more space in your choices to see things arising so no longer you at the mercy of it mm-hmm. and uh and then you just make better choices and it, it's that's the i think the beauty of loops and patterns and going through the same groundhog day over and over again to the point where you're like hey this doesn't feel right you know mm-hmm. i need to like snap out of it and it's hard because you're like fighting a tide whether it's uh internal biochemical you know environment but the biggest thing for me uh is we have to go like scott was saying you have to see the extremes to go like turn around turn around waterfall (laughs) oh shit yeah you know and then uh everybody's like paddling the other direction like um before the ship falls over and um so yeah, I think that's just I think that's the beauty of life, you know. We get to experience things and you know, everything's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Like I've opened clearly opened like the Seth Godin box in my brain because I mentioned him at the start of this. And like like Seth Godin is a marketeer. Like that's what he is. But like I don't know why, like his stuff hits me like philosophy. Like he wrote a book called This Is Marketing, right? And it's a mar it's the best marketing book I've ever read. And 
it feels like it's a it's applicable to life. It feels like philosophy. Like he's tapped into something so wise and distilled it down that I'm like, dude, this is more than just like how to grow your business. But something in that book he talks about is the difference between tactics and strategies. And he says tactics are like the hacks. So in marketing world, like tactics are like, yeah, bro, this is how you optimize your YouTube thumbnails so you can get like 10% more views. And if you have a shocked face and if you have the bright color, that's a tactic. He's like, you can't build a business on a tactic. Or, you know, a tactic is if you move, you know, the button on your website by two inches, then it's going to lead to like, he's like, no, no, no. Like you can't build a business on a tactic. He's like, you build a business on strategy. And strategy is the long-term, what we're talking about, that long-term obedience in the one direction where you make incredible coffee and everyone in your community knows that this is an incredible barista. And so when the barista opens the coffee shop, people are going to come to it. That's not a hack. That's not a tactic. That's a long-term play. And I think, and again, this is a work in theory because I'm verbally processing. When I hear you speak, Scott, I think like for the first time in a long time, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm like, we need to seriously reconsider the strategies that we're taking as a society. I need to consider the strategy I have for my life and for my family because I'm up to my neck in tactics right now. I'm full of hacks. I've got this this particular supplement. I've got the cold water. I've got doing this thing. I've got that thing. I've got all you know these amazing little things. But underneath it all, it's like something needs to change. And I think we probably are in a place with culture where more and more people are saying, we need to change our strategy here because tactics just aren't going to do it. Tactics are useful. They're really helpful. They're important. But that's not going to cut it, man. And that excites me amazingly and scares me. And I feel like there's electricity running through this room right now. You know what I mean? Mm, absolutely. Back to like where you guys earlier today were working the land, mm. right? That was, that's kind of like the fundamentals, you know, that there is no hack or tactic that you can do to like grow things that quickly. Right. So it's just getting deeper, you know, that's that's what I've found to be able to listen to like oneself and root out the weeds and invest in these deeper strategies you speak of and, and it is very like philosophical when you speak about it but you know it rings true when you actually are living that way and you know I told Scott many times other people like I've done the Wim Hof method I've taken it to the, as far as I could take it. Yeah, you're getting selfies with Wim. How far? <laughs> how much further can this thing it goes, go? <laughs> it goes. It goes further than that, bro. <laughs> um, and I notice just through myself, and that's where you can kind of break out of like this like culty thing where you know everybody's doing it, but you're the one saying, "I'm gonna hang up the phone," right? Because for me. It, I had to learn the hard way about like dosage mm -hmm. and using these tactics, but like how much like that dose you're going to use for that tactic. Right. Because I would just go all the way in, man, like with this, this cold water thing. And for, for me, I would, 
end up being more tired mm-hmm. midday and feel less productive. I had to take a nap. Sure. So after a while, I just said, you know what? Like, I'll do the cold water. To me, it's like riding a bike. Sure. But I don't really get the same benefit I did when I started yeah. initially. So, bro, I feel exactly what you're talking about with both the sauna and the cold. The drug just doesn't work the same way it used to. Yes. Yeah, like my receptors, my brain have down regulated in that's that right. department. That's it's, right. It's just the truth. And yeah. I think that uh, more people should be explaining that. And maybe I have to be the guy, right? That like gets shot for it. But it's like you need to be able to and that's maturity again mm. you just get so good at like reading the feedback that's around you and then you can like and that's kind of how like my machine technology works for like healing it literally is real-time feedback and it you're able to make a real-time decision based on that context of that particular moment mm. right and and the better we get at that you know, I think that's to me, it's when you start to see these people that have that wisdom, you just see it in their eyes, that depth, because they just experienced it more than other people. And for me, like you guys seem to have it sooner. I don't know what that is. And I like to dive into that maybe, but, um, you know, it's interesting that the younger generations seem to have that sooner you know i don't know how that happens but the the point is that uh you you do start to live more by strategies than like hacking Hmm. just because you're seeing like this is the long game that i want to play i'm not here just to get these highs and then the the corresponding lows you know i'm actually just trying to like build my mountain so that the the highs are actually lows and then <laughs> the, the lows are actually highs you know yeah yeah so good man i really feel like there's something in there about the hacks and this like phenomenon of like biohacking that had been like around since probably like we were getting into the Wim Hof method and can you remember the name of the conference that we went to in Anaheim whenever we came over to speak can you remember it was like how longevity now that's right was the name of this what conference. a great, what a paradox <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right mm-hmm. like i don't think like in a really unknowing way i think that was put together wow um and it was like a biohacking conference the whim was doing a, a talk at and uh just the like talking about like the feeling of a place and it's just people who are like absolutely not oriented on strategy (laughs) it's just like all tactics yeah of like what can i do to like trick the system (laughs) try and contrive your way to like health and well-being dude it's what we talked that's what we always talk about i feel like we cooked this every time we're together it's like that the the longest way is the fastest way mm-hmm. yeah you know mm-hmm. like the shortcut all right there's a there's a guy i love and he describes it as like the killer app <laughs> it's like the magic bullet for the digital age it's like everyone's looking for the killer app like if we just design this one app or this one medical device or this mm. one thing it's gonna change everything mm. and i mean it's like how many times do you have to see the snake oil salesman dress up in different clothes before you just say like 
the sh- like short term tactics are not going to change our long term direction. It's just not possible. And as you've alluded to, like if you live your life in the short term, it always leads to a form of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, like these things are designed for a, a season or in a small dosage. You can't build your house on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, the, the highs are pretty incredible. <laughs> That's right. Like we all love them, you know, like I, I like to drink, man. Like the person that comes out is, is a comic, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, it's so tempting to just be that like funny alcoholic, right? I, I wanted like be funny, but I, I know that I have to work on that. Uh, it's just taking longer to be able to work on like removing those like inhibitions that enables me to be funny, mm, right? And yeah, I had yeah, to yeah, meet yeah. somebody who, yeah, because sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but like alcohol in that moment is like a hack for you, it's a shortcut to remove those obstacles. You're now on the path to remove those obstacles in your life so you can tap into that comedic flow in your in your everyday absolutely wow. i mean like like honestly i was literally gonna like take a shot of whiskey before this like i i was thinking about yeah, 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 i was yeah. literally yeah. like you know thinking about this before i was sleeping like not sleeping you know like i was like wow i'm really excited about this yeah. and, and i was like i should like take some alcohol and bring these guys some alcohol yeah and, yeah, yeah you know because it's also what's modeled to us it's like all the podcast bros like oh what do you drink a whiskey man whiskey, yeah. you want to take a hit of this thing dude yeah, before yeah. we hit the microphone right you know right. I mean? right i was gonna bring uh jack daniels like this special edition bottle you know and i was like ah you know, it was like tempting, yeah. right? And uh, and it maybe it would have been like funnier than this. But, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but, but uh, it definitely would have been different. Yeah, about for it. sure, right? Got about it. But I, I get it. I get that uh, people, especially if you're like anxious or there's just that like. For me, it's like when I drink that that dialogue or monologue, whatever that voice is, just like quiet. And and I just feel so free, and I'm like, wow, I want to be like that all the time, right? And that's like the sort of the uh, the I guess temptation of these highs, right? Yeah. Like you do feel free, and then then it's just like these Tony Robbins seminars. You have this fucking amazing weekend, and then Monday rolls around, you have sure. to go back to reality, yeah, right, yeah, and uh, it's just like I don't know, because psychedelics are in this like reality that can be very scary mm-hmm. and you feel like you might be there forever, like for eternity. Yeah. And then when you come out of it, you're like, can't, you're like happy to be back to like home, you know, in Kansas. And then yeah, you just need, like we were saying, you need some earlier, porridge again in your life. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, I've had too much. All you can eat buffets where I'm eating like golden shrimp. And you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. give me my plain salty porridge for a while because my brain also needs this. That's right. And then there's the times where you don't like reality. So you need to like check out for the weekend, you know, and party. And uh, so, yeah, again, we we're talking about having to go to these extremes to like kind of find like what works for you. Yeah. I wonder if like a pretty dark metaphor for this is like why do so many like rock and roll artists die young? Okay, and so I'm beyond like the drugs and the alcohol because that's a low hanging fruit. But I, I, someone was speaking with me yesterday, Norma Bass, and they were like, you know, dude, like if you just live at that level and that intensity and that high for so long, you just can't live long. 
and that that's a point of view they put forward. And I was, I was thinking about it last night, and I was like, you know, we're probably not designed just to live like that 110 intensity all the time. Like you're not supposed to live in the flow state 24 seven as much as all of us love the flow and it feels so good. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, and now I'm thinking about it, like you need that yo-yo. That's my takeaway from this conversation. It's like, Mm -hmm. you need to yo-yo. Yeah, it's like a a built-in recovery phase that the body puts you For in sure whether it's like by choice or not yeah you know? yeah and I, I had a really lovely um, we will all enjoy this as uh, professional podcasters in this room and as you know men of the craft <laughs> uh, i had a, a podcaster and yesterday we were doing a, a thing together and great guy from dublin and he was saying how you know he likes long-form conversations that are unedited because they're not the constant funny 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 intense moment intense moment deep share high peak emotional thing all edited together he's like you have the lull that happens naturally in conversation it's like you've got a really really intense bit and then it starts to drift a little bit lift a little bit energy goes down people are maybe running out of things to say on a certain topic and then a new topic comes along and it's like those peaks and troughs I'm going to, there needs to be like a word for them. Like, you know, they're like the Pareto symbol or uh, principle of like 80, 20 and you see it everywhere. I feel like I'm going to see the yo-yo and everything now, you know? Yeah. And actually I'm thinking okay. about you, Baruch's body. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Baruch's body. We were talking about Baruch's body and Scott was talking before, you know, in the intro. Checking him out. Or- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a delicious yeah, man. Yeah. Let's be honest. And, he, you know, we were talking about how like throughout the year, because of his work, he goes through times where he's real hard and strong and times where he's real soft and easy. And that is the natural cycle. Right. Animals do the same thing to seasons. So true. Yeah. I feel like there also is a real thing that's difficult in that to to look back to this being okay with what is. And if we're constantly being pushed into this like go 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 thing all the time like it's very difficult to hear that and then sit with the part of yourself that's like actually i know better than that and this is okay for this time and like i don't have to be running a marathon in december and like absolutely shredded and (laughs) it's okay and then come the summertime you know whenever the sun is shining the days are longer you feel more energy like maybe that's the time to like be running your marathon and doing all the active stuff winter spring summer autumn or fall as we would say (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's very difficult to to embody that wisdom because Mm -hmm. everything else is trying to tell you that it's not true that like you can be the super shredded dude who's like i mean david goggins for all the value that he has like is telling you to go 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 break yourself basically and but like so take goggins look what has happened to him yeah he He, did break himself he he broke (laughs) yeah and he's on the healing journey now where he's having to rebuild yeah he didn't respect the trademarked yo-yo principle i'm sure like there is like a legit because i mean we're for talking sure. about like nature here someone has a name for this but we're gonna call it the yo-yo principle <laughs> yeah crazy dude 
That is the name of the podcast. <laughs> the the yo-yo, yo-yo principle. principle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. And I think like I had a great conversation. I think you guys will like this with uh, someone in Ormo Baths yesterday. And we were talking about how like all of us want the eternal summer. That's effectively like what the Western dream is all about. It's how can I hold the eternal summer in my hand and make sure that there's no rain, there's no clouds, winter never comes. It's always like this TV screen, beachy and beautiful. That's LA. (laughs) Essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah? Yes, LA, Southern California. And we were talking about something that Christ says, where he said something like, if you hold on to your life, you will lose it. And if you let it go, you will keep it. That's <laughs> so good. And like, you know, that's just what came to my head whenever you were speaking. Because I kind of had, I, I like almost saw you like grasp, like clasp your hand closed because you're trying to hold on to something. You're trying to hold on to the shredded year round or you're trying to hold on to like the ADR hustle work week or you're trying to hold on to whatever it is. And like, the more you try to hold on to that, the more you're, you're going to lose it all. And if you let that go, you'll keep it. Hmm. There's also something in there, I think, as well about like the narrative, like truth in your head and the objective truth. And if you're a part of nature and you're going to go through these cycles and like accepting what is going through the cycles, if you can be okay with that, and match your narrative truth up to that objective truth there's no friction there like okay this is something as a human being as a part of nature this is just something that's going to happen and i understand that that's okay but if your narrative truth is like i'm the super shredded guy all year round that's my identity like i can't be seen to be a bit softer and then the objective truth doesn't match up with that like well tough luck buddy because it doesn't matter what your story is you're a human and you're gonna go through these Mm. different phases it's the disparity between your objective truth and what's happening and the narrative truth of how you see yourself in your head i think is like where there's massive suffering like oh no my like reality isn't matching up with what i believe my reality should be yeah and I feel like the antidote to that, which is way easier said than done, is like first just being okay with what is. Yeah. Yeah. As you are. Yeah. The last thing I have to contribute to this conversation, and you guys can keep going, or we can somehow find a way to land this thing. <laughs> Does anyone know how to fly this thing? <laughs> is I think we should create a. Like a. <laughs> <laughs> we should create a commune where we all go and live together and sell our houses and set up, you know, log cabins and we work yeah. the land. And there's a sauna there and it's like, quickly, hold on to him, take that microphone. FBI Who's, the the Who's the leader? Who's the leader? Do we switch off the leader? <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be this? I feel, I feel like we need to put a clause in the yo-yo principle uh-huh. that says if you don't honor the yo-yo, you will be forced into the yo-yo. Yeah. Because that's a reality we've all faced. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't take downtime yourself, you will be forced into taking the downtime. 
Yeah, it's the yo-yo roller coaster ride. <laughs> it's kind of like we can do this the easy way or yeah. we can do it the hard yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, you want to accept the yo-yo or you want to be yo-yoed? Is that how you get to talk to your kids, bro? <laughs> you accept the yo-yo or you get yo-yoed. <laughs> some embrace the yo-yo, some have the yo-yo thrust upon them. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> oh, man, die by yo-yo. Or die yo-yo. I'll tell you what, I... I definitely enjoy uh, one week off holiday or vacation or, you know, time with my family a lot more than one week of being sick or one week of picking myself up from burnout. Mm. So, you know, like your, uh, your harshness to the child, it's kind of true. It's like, here's the easy way and here's the hard way. Mm. You have to take the week off one way or another. Yeah. Mm, and i guess that that's probably where i'm at in my journey is how do i identify where and when i need yo-yo first step second step how do i have the courage to do it Mm. in the face of everyone telling you not to (laughs) yeah Mm. everything everything telling you not to yeah including yourself yeah that part of yourself that absolutely buys into all the stuff that's the journey love that this has been fun love it dude my yo-yo bros (laughs) yo-yo bros bros. (laughs) bro bro (laughs) (laughs) oh man so good to meet you, man. I know yeah, we'll obviously pleasure. hang out off mic here, but just to like... It finally happened. Yeah, to say it publicly and document it yeah, on record. Yeah, like, it's, this it's has history been awesome. yeah. now. And I look forward, forward to... to yeah. <laughs> wow, <Jinx. laughs> the, the next conversation between you guys would be cool. Lovely, guys. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us, for pulling up the uh the fourth black couch as it were the sofa in scott's living room and hey you may have been doing the dishes or working on brooke's farm listening to this actually brooke you could be listening to this right now whenever you're 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 planting or shoveling so you know shout out to you and uh you know i really hope you enjoyed this time with us we really we don't take it lightly that you've uh chosen to you know spend your time in this way and honestly like it's i can speak on behalf of the three of us that like we just sincerely hope that this is giving you something to think about or planted some sort of a seed like you can hear us like wrestling with this stuff in real time we're all in the same boat we're all just trying we're trying to figure it out and uh you know thank you for being an other hey another that's cool an other and you know whatever path that you're walking i just like we encourage you to keep on walking and uh we're chuffed that you joined us on this little path for today. So yeah, peace out and enjoy. And that's a wrap. Nice. That was great. Wow. <laughs> I'm really fascinated to hear that one back. I feel like I need to take a silent retreat after that. Yo-yo bros. Yo-yo bros. Yo-yo. That's what they'll call us. <laughs> that's what they call Perfect. Yeah. The yo-yos. <laughs> Instead of a ring, it's like you just show someone like a little yo-yo.